Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your favorite quarterback hater, Robert Mathis, and you're listening to the For the Culture podcast. This is the For the Culture Weekly Wrap-Up Show, Episode 6. I'm your host, Luke Diamond. The Colts have not been super active in free agency, but we still have a ton of stuff to get to with a signing, a couple guys re-signing, players leaving in free agency, and we have our quarterback, who officially became a Colt on Thursday in Carson Wentz's introductory press conference, meeting with the Indianapolis media via Zoom. So we have a clip to play from that. And then we have the viral sensation last night on Twitter, hashtag BringTYHome, which I think had over 9,000, 10,000 tweets yesterday on Twitter. It was trending not only in Indianapolis, but nationally under sports on Twitter, everybody was tweeting hashtag bring T.Y. home, trying to get T.Y. to resign with the Colts. And it was noticed by some relatively big names on the topic. T.Y. responded to a tweet from Colts Brawl. We saw Kenny Moore get in on the action. I think EJ Speed got in on the action. So a bunch of Colts tweeting yesterday. They want him back. He's one of the leaders, one of the captains, and the longest tenured Colt on this roster. It's T.Y. Hill and after Anthony Costanzo's retirement. So the guys want him back. I'll give my thoughts, opinions, and what I know about T.Y. in the contract negotiations in the weekly wrap-up as well. But let's start off with the one and only signing the Colts made this week as far as external free agents go, and that was defensive end, and that's a big position of need for the Colts. Defensive end Isaac Rochelle from the San Diego Chargers spent the last four years with the San Diego, now Los Angeles Chargers. So technically, I guess he never played in San Diego, but the Los Angeles Chargers, even though it's all ingrained in our heads that they are the San Diego Chargers. Four years, 51 games, nine starts with the Chargers, 9.5 sacks. So not a super productive player. He's coming in low risk, possibly high reward. Whenever Ballard makes a signing, I'm always going to assume that the reward will be high and you could bring a guy in for next to nothing. He could come in and he could produce. So when the Colts initially made this move, I think we all thought, okay, a Danico Autry replacement because he's versatile on the defensive line. But then Zach Hicks did some digging. Credit to Zach Hicks, I think, at Zach Hicks 2 on Twitter. And he talked to some Chargers beat writers and guys who are on the beat out there in Los Angeles, and they said he's a high-energy player, he's a motor guy, he doesn't stop playing hard, he's super durable, and when you look at the last three years, 16 games each of the last three years. So when you think about a durable defensive end who's not flashy, he's a lunch pail guy, he shows up every day, he plays extremely hard, who do you think of? You think of Al-Qadim Muhammad, so this could be more of a Muhammad replacement then a Danico Autry replacement. Autry already gone, signing with the Tennessee Titans. And then we have Justin Houston testing the market. I don't think this is a Justin Houston replacement. And then we also have Al-Qadine Muhammad testing the open market. And out of those three guys, this guy in Isaac Rochelle seems to match up the best in terms of characteristics with Al-Qadine Muhammad. So it looks on the surface like a Muhammad replacement. I know the Colts are still interested in bringing Al-Qadine back. I guess you can never have enough depth at the defensive end position. We are potentially losing three guys or at least two guys. If Houston and Autry were to both leave, then you bring back Al-Qadine. You need depth at that position and you can never have enough high motor, high energy, cheaper contract players that just never stop 
moving. So I think that Zach is definitely on the right page here with Isaac Rochelle being a replacement for Alquadine, but I also know that the Colts are not out on Alquadine. He could still possibly come back for the Colts next season. As far as the guys in-house that are gone, we really haven't talked about that this week. We talked about Matt coming back. We talked about Xavier Rhodes coming back. Jacoby now gone. He is with the Miami Dolphins. He'll back up Tua. And then if you watch the Miami Dolphins last year, Tua got benched a couple times for Fitzpatrick. So it's not a terrible spot for Jacoby to be in where you have a guy who had a ton of injury issues and injury history at the University of Alabama. Last year got benched multiple times for Ryan Fitzpatrick. So Jacoby, who in my opinion is still one of the top backups in the National Football League, he'll go to Miami and I guess he'll compete at least in a sense where if Tua were to not be performing the way he wasn't at times last year, you could see the switcheroo and you could see Jacoby get a chance to play a little bit, maybe start a game or two, or of course, God forbid, if Tua were to go down and have an injury, you could see Jacoby get a start there. So I think it's a good spot for him. Flores, the coach, was with him in New England, so they have a connection there, a New England connection there as Jacoby now goes and signs a one-year deal in Miami. So I wish him the best. Not the best, not the greatest starting quarterback in Indianapolis, but I've always been a big fan of Jacoby as a man, as a leader, as a teammate, as a locker room guy. Nobody ever complained. No teammate ever complained. Nobody ever had an issue with Jacoby. So I wish him the best. Does this mean now that Jacob Eason is the backup quarterback to Carson Wentz in 2021? I think that there's definitely a chance. I think we all knew Jacoby would be gone. So this could either open the door for Eason to be the backup. Maybe we draft a guy in this upcoming 2021 NFL draft. I don't think at this point we're going to sign anybody. I don't think we're going to sign a veteran to back up Carson Wentz. So right now it looks like it's Eason's spot. But I definitely wish Jacoby the best in Miami. He did everything the right way. It's not his fault. I mean, you can never blame a guy for just not having the talent or the ability. As far as the controllables, he came in. He came into a tough situation. Then two years later, he came into another tough situation with Andrew Luck retiring in the middle of August, week three of the preseason. Jacoby really took it on full steam ahead, became a captain, led the Colts. Unfortunately, we didn't get the results we would have loved. He got off to a hot start, and then the injury and the rest of the season kind of went downhill from there. Rivers comes in last year, and I can't say enough good things about Jacoby's ability to go from a starter and go from a captain to a backup once again to have Phillip Rivers come in and basically just take over your offense. And Jacoby never complained. He was right there. Of course, he was making great money to be the backup quarterback, so you're not going to complain about that. You're not going to give the money back, but he's able to take that backup role when we call on him on a fourth and one, on a third and one, he was able to come in the game, pick up a big first down for the Colts. So I have nothing negative to say about Jacoby, the man, the person, the leader, the character. So I wish him the best. I'm going to root for him in Miami as long as it doesn't affect the Colts. Like we saw at times last year at the end of the season, we needed Miami to lose week 17. And thankfully they did to Buffalo for us to have a chance to get into the playoffs. So again, wish him the best. In Miami, great spot. And if you're going to be a backup anywhere, if I were to be a backup in the National Football League, I'd want to be a backup in South Beach. Beautiful weather, beautiful beaches, just a beautiful place to live. And then backups, I say it all the time. Of course, all these guys want to start. I think backup quarterback is the best 
job in America. You get paid millions of dollars. You don't have to get hit by 300 plus pound men that run four nines. It's a great job. And to do it in South Beach with the weather year round is a nice place to do it. So congratulations to Jacoby. Anthony Walker Jr., another guy we told you would not be back with the Indianapolis Colts in 2021. Signs a one-year deal in Cleveland. I think he'll have a chance to start in Cleveland. I think he fits their defense better than he fits ours. He really struggled last year in pass coverage. Okariki surpassed him. And as the year went on, we saw Walker lose more and more and more playing time. And Okariki was just clearly the better player of the two. So we could replace Walker either in the second or third wave of free agency with a cheaper option. And it's not even that we couldn't afford Walker. I think he got $3.5 million. We could have matched that. But Ballard wants him to go start. Ballard wants him to go bet on himself next year, to go start somewhere where he can make big-time money the following year, where he could see himself signing a multi-year contract for $10 plus, $15 plus million. That wasn't going to happen in Indianapolis because we could have gave him a little bit more money but we couldn't have given him the opportunity. We couldn't have given him the playing time bearing injuries, but you're not going to sign him anticipating the injury. You're going to go let him sign and become a starter in Cleveland, a playoff team from a year ago. So I think it's a really good spot for Anthony. I think he could thrive in Cleveland, and we're in pretty good shape at the linebacker position. I think we have Sky Moore coming back off the COVID list. We have EJ Speed, who they're big fans of. They like the development of Speed. And then, of course, our two starters. And we still have Matthew Adams and Zaire Franklin and other guys as well. But when you look at the starters in Darius Leonard, first-team All-Pro, one of the best linebackers in the National Football League, and now Bobby Okariki, there's just too much speed and athleticism and length. Anthony just did not fit that mold that we have and you just can't afford to put him on the field because you're getting worse when he's on the field when you have an option like Bobby Okariki to be more of an every down player for the Colts so we lose Jacoby we lose Anthony Walker a couple other guys like Tavon Wilson who I think we're going to get a compensation pick for and Danico Autry which is a big one and out of those three guys the Colts did not want Jacoby back they never talked to Jacoby they did not like they wanted Walker back in the sense that Ballard wished he could have played him more. He wished that Anthony could have been that every down player, but he just knew he could not be because he was such a big fan of Anthony Walker's. And we heard him in the press conference. If he wants to get into coaching, he could be a head coach in the National Football League. If he wants to get into scouting, he could be a general manager in the National Football League. So Ballard had some extremely high praise for Anthony Walker but he just did not fit the defense moving forward. So we never talked to Walker either about a contract extension. One guy we did talk to was Danico Autry. The Colts wanted Autry back. We're not able to get anything done. The Titans outbid us. They go three years, I think $21.5 million. So he will now go to our division rival, Tennessee Titans. And he had some fighting words this week that the Colts wanted me back, but they basically weren't able to match that price. So they didn't value me the way the Titans valued me, and he's going to take those two games personally next year. So we shall see, and we definitely have the offensive line. We have the confidence in the offensive line to be able to stop him. So we will see Danico Autry multiple times next year and over the next three years as he signs with the Tennessee Titans. So those are the three household names we lost this week. The only guy the Colts really wanted back on the field was Danico Autry 
We negotiated with him up until he signed with the Titans, not able to get a deal done. The two guys we are able to re-sign and get deals done with, running back Marlon Mack, huge fan of him. We did a separate podcast on him this week. If you guys want to go check that out, bringing Marlon Mack back on the one-year deal. And then also Xavier Rhodes this week. Jason and I fortunate enough to get that news and break that news about 27 minutes before Ian Rappaport. So Xavier Rhodes back on a one-year deal. Marlon Mack back on a one-year deal. Jacoby gone on a one-year deal. Walker gone on a one-year deal. And you're seeing a lot of one-year deals because the cap is going up next year. So you see a lot of guys betting on themselves. You see a lot of guys knowing what the cap situation is going to be next year. So some teams, some players are taking advantage of knowing that information in the back of their heads. And the TV deal is already done. So we know that cap is going to explode next year. I think Amazon's paying over a billion dollars per season to host and hold Thursday Night Football, DirecTV now out of the Sunday ticket, ESPN Plus taking over the Sunday ticket. So a lot of moving parts there and the cap is going to explode next season. And these owners that lost money due to COVID are going to recoup all that money heading into next year, especially with that TV deal where they're going to just be pouring money back into the league through ESPN Plus and Amazon and everybody who's getting a bid there with the new TV contract. So if you guys want more on Xavier Rhodes and Marlon Mack, we did separate podcasts on those two guys making our biggest in-house free agent left, T.Y. Hilton. The number one priority was Xavier Rhodes. We get that done. Now T.Y. all focus shifts to T.Y. Hilton. Last night, the viral sensation on Twitter, hashtag bring T.Y. home. Of course, all Colt fans want T.Y. back. I still think T.Y. wants the money, I think, and this is just my opinion. I think T.Y. wants the money. If you follow him on Twitter, and I know he did see, and he said all this for me last night about the hashtag. I know he's paying attention. I think he wants to be back, but I also think he wants the most money possible. I think he felt a little disrespected by whatever figure the Colts put out there. Early in the offseason, he wanted to test the market. That was the plan all along for T.Y. Hilton. And I think T.Y. overvalued both himself and the wide receiver market. Because outside of Kenny Galladay this week, which I was shocked he got 18 per year, you look at Juju going back to the Steelers on a one-year deal. You're seeing a lot of one-year contracts. The receivers really weren't getting paid. I know that Baltimore was in on Juju. I would not be surprised if they were to be in on T.Y. I know Kansas City was in on Juju, and they're also in on T.Y. Getting a chance to go play with Patrick Mahomes and win a Super Bowl with the Chiefs is definitely enticing, especially if they were to match or exceed the amount of money the Colts were willing to pay. So T.Y.'s out there. He's testing the market. What I know in-house is the Colts had a list of wide receiver options, and T.Y. was towards the bottom of that list. Ballard wanted to get younger at the position. He was interested in Will Fuller. I was told he has a list of about five to six wide receivers, Fuller being one of those guys who's now gone. I don't know if Galladay was on that list. I don't know if Juju was on that list. I don't know how many guys from that list are left. But before Fuller signed with the Dolphins, I was told there are five to six wide receivers and T.Y. is the last resort. I was told to not bet on T.Y. returning. I know that's not what fans want to hear, but I'm just relaying the message. So don't shoot the messenger. Told by a very strong source within the organization, the same source that said all offseason, Rhodes will be back. They're going to get it done with Rhodes. He's the number one priority. They're saying right now that T.Y. is not coming back. 
Now, with all that being said, I know Ursay pays attention to Twitter. I know Ursay followed the Chuck Stay hashtag, and I truly believe that Chuck Stay was a fan-driven movement picked up by the Indy Star and eventually seen by Ursay and Ursay listened to the fans extending Chuck Pagano. I truly believe that. I know that Ursay is a big fan of T.Y., and I would not be surprised if Ursay wants T.Y. back, but the Colts want to get bigger and younger at the position. So if Ursay goes to Ballard and says, get it done, I want T.Y. back, he'll get it done. So it's going to come down, I think, to Ursay wanting T.Y. back and to other options drying up. Because T.Y. is going to be 32, so he's an aging wide receiver. When you have a smaller guy, speed is so important. And you do lose a step as you get older. So I still think T.Y. could play. I actually thought he was better last year than the numbers showed. Had a bunch of pass interference, big plays, picking up chunk yards via penalties. And he was arguably the most disrespected wide receiver in the league in penalties that weren't called, on flags that weren't thrown. So... As a fan, I really want T.Y. back. I would love to see it. I'm just relaying the message that I got from my source within the organization saying that T.Y. is most likely not going to be back. But then we see the movement yesterday on Twitter. Hashtag bring T.Y. back. Would not be surprised if it works. T.Y. was paying attention. Multiple players tweeting out hashtag bring T.Y. back. And Ursay is very active on social media. A lot of owners aren't as active as Jim Ursay. If Ursay sees that, and Ursay being the fan that he is, knowing that we really haven't spent a lot of money this offseason, if he were to go to Ballard and say, get it done, I don't care what it costs, then I do think T.Y. could be back next year. So it's definitely fluid. I know Ballard wants to move on, but Ursay is still the boss at the end of the day. So if Ursay says get it done, I think that we could see the Colts get it done. So that's what we got right now with in-house free agency. A couple guys coming back. One signing in Isaac Rochelle. T.Y., one of the top names on the free agent market, not just in-house with the Colts, but really around the league. And I would not be surprised if more and more teams are interested in T.Y. because, in my opinion, he's the best wide receiver on the open market. One more thing to get to this week. Carson Wentz officially became a Colt on Thursday. Everything, the paperwork could all be confirmed because it is now the new league year, March 17th. So now he is officially a Colt. The trade goes through. It's confirmed. He met with the Indianapolis media via Zoom this week. And here's a clip from Carson Wentz on his relationship with Frank Reich and their time together in 2017 when Carson Wentz had a magical sophomore season in the NFL. You know, there's a lot of factors that, that played in our in our advantage that year. Things were going right for, for starters. Um, but just working with Frank was um, – Going really from year one as a rookie, just trying to learn everything. Obviously, I was thrown into the fire pretty quick. Um, to year two, having an off season where we could really kind of put our minds together and you know figure out what what I like best, what he likes best, how we can you know maximize what our offense is able to do, and just seeing that game um, through his mind and him seeing it through my eyes, uh, I thought was was really cool. Uh, obviously, as a as a I don't know how many years he played, but. Uh, for however long he played the position, he gets it. He gets it as a player. He understands our, our perspective. He understands a quarterback's perspective more than anything. Um, and that always helps. That always helps when you're building those relationships. And to be honest, Coach Peterson was the same. He understood what it was like to, to be a player and, and process as a quarterback. So working with both of them 
was was a lot of fun, and it was a, obviously a special season that, uh, for me personally, ended not the way I wanted to uh, on on the field, but. Uh, for as a team, you know, it was, a, it was a special year that we'll never forget. So there you have it, and hopefully they pick up where they left off. He speaks very highly of Frank Reich. We know Reich speaks very highly of him. Obviously, the Colts get this deal done. Reich wanted his guy, gets his guy, and now Carson Wentz is a Colt. He talks about Frank Reich being a former quarterback in this league, which helped him transition into the league. And a lot of these things he talks about, and I know he gives Doug Peterson a little bit of credit there, but let's be real, a lot of that was lost when Wright came to Indianapolis and Wentz was with Doug Peterson. It was just the two of them in Philadelphia. So I think that this rekindling of this relationship between Wright and Wentz could work wonders for his career. His career has gone downhill the last couple of years. He's not happy about it. He has something to prove. He has a chip on his shoulder. So now he's coming in. And also, he reconstructed his bonus. We owed him a $10 million bonus, and he pushed that money around. So we're going to give him $5 million in a couple months, then another $5 million next year. So to everybody doubting what I said last week about the money and about how Ursay might not have the cash flow he would like and maybe because right now we're not like we could all agree there's not a cap issue in Indianapolis even if we re-sign Smith Nelson and Leonard right now we're not up against the cap which tells me that there's a cash flow problem or a cash flow cap set by Ursay because he lost money last year so taking into consideration that the Colts most likely will re-sign both Leonard and Smith this offseason keeping that number in the back of your head I think that's why the Colts have been a little bit stingy and stingier than years past under Ballard this offseason in free agency I think it's because Ursay's trying to recoup some of the money he lost last year during COVID already knowing he's going to pay Smith and Leonard before the season starts in 2021 so watching a player move around his bonus like Carson Wentz coming in and moving that bonus money around tells me that there is a cash flow problem or a cash flow cap set by Ursay this offseason. So to everybody saying you're just a conspiracy theorist, I heard what I heard, and now we're starting to see some moving parts that confirms that information, like Wentz moving around that roster bonus. So Wentz did a great job in that interview. If you guys want to go check out the press conference, go check it out to meet our new quarterback, and he seems super humble. Everybody's saying, oh, he's a diva, he's this, that in Philadelphia. It doesn't seem like that to me. And I know the Philadelphia media will beat you down, so maybe they turned him into something that he just isn't. And now he comes to Indianapolis, he gets a fresh start. And also, to all the people out there saying that, or the media, I know it wasn't you guys, it wasn't Colt fans, but the media trying to drum up a problem between Michael Pittman and Carson Wentz. Wentz is wearing number two, and he was in Southern California working out with Patman. Pittman, I think some other guys were there. So he's fine. They're on good terms. He couldn't care less. He's wearing number two. I think two looks good on him. 11 looked great last year. I'm Pittman, and we will proceed. So we got our quarterback. We got our number one cornerback in Rhodes. We got our number two running back now back in Marlon Mack. Mack, Taylor, Hines, Wilkins, the best running back foursome in the National Football League. We lose Autry, we lose Jacoby, we lose Walker, and we will now head into this second and third wave of free agency. Hopefully Ballard gets a little bit active. We also add Isaac Rochelle, pass rusher. I don't even know if his job is secure yet because I hope 
that we go out and we make other signings and we draft a defensive end as well. We definitely need a lot of help at the defensive end position, but that's what's going on right now. Big week coming up. I would assume that the Colts are much more active this week than they were last week, and we'll have a lot more to talk about next week on Episode 7 of the Weekly Wrap-Up Show right here on the For the Culture Podcast.